This is Soul Saturations, the podcast, a transformational container to activate the light within you. I'm Kendall Merritt, your host and the founder of Soul Saturations. We are here to deeply connect with soul-centered sensuality and sexuality in relationships, business, and life so you can access your power and remember your true presence. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Saturations, the podcast. We are getting ready to close up our four-part series with Dr. Matthew Zanis. We've hit a quadrology. A quadrology, wow. This is like one better than even the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Okay. Well, before we get into that, let's take a moment just to honor the container, tune into the present moment, and come into the awareness of your physical body. As you take some really deeply expansive breaths, focus on breathing all the way down into your pelvic bowl. Feel that expansion, and then as you exhale, lift that breath up the back of your spine and out your crown. As you take a moment just to center yourself, notice the energy flowing through you and around you. Start to tune in to the energy of gratitude for just being here now. As you take these breaths, focus on the energy of gratitude filling every single one of your cells. And notice that energy expand and ripple out into the universe around us. As we tune into this energy of gratitude, know that where you are is exactly where you are meant to be. Your journey is perfectly designed for you. Your lessons, your experiences, your goals, your dreams, your desires. At this point, we call on our guides, our team, our angels, and our ancestors to tune into this energy of this container with a protective, safe, supportive, loving presence. We ask that any energy that is not of our making, that is not of the highest, and is contrary to what we are creating for ourselves and others, be cleansed, cleared, released, and returned back to source at this time. We ask for our full presence to be remembered, our power to be returned to us so that we can stand fully in truth, love, and radical compassion. We do this with so much love and so much gratitude. And so it is. Mm. Hi. Oh, hey there. How's it going? I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready to put a bow on this thing. Let's put a pretty little bow on it. Yeah, it is a gift. It is. Okay. Tell me about that. Why is this <laughs> such a gift? Other than the doggy we have here that's trying to get our attention right now. Yeah, we've got Lily, Lily in the podcast today. Yeah. I think it is, for me anyway, a gift of conscious awareness. Mm. Because this whole entire story uh, that we've been telling now for the past few episodes has been kind of the shift in trajectory that I think we both needed to realize not only the gifts that we have as individuals, but the gift of our relationship and what we have together. 
and that would not have been possible without hitting some level of rock bottom. (laughs) And for me, um, having one of the biggest challenges, uh, challenges ever in my life to realize, um, to have that awareness, to make steps in the opposite direction and to literally shift my perspective. Mm. Why do you think so many people need such a rock bottom type of experience to shift perspectives? Because anything else isn't strong enough. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like everything else in life. I mean, it, and the great analogy is me with movement, and I'm trying to help people literally change and adapt their bodies in some physical way, or, or in, let's be honest, ninety percent time in a mental way to build confidence and trust in themselves. It takes a rock bottom. It takes a large stimulus into your system to be like, oh fuck. Like, I really do need to make some type of a change here. And in the movement side of things, it's usually in the form of some type of trauma or injury or chronic pain state. And then I think with relationships, it's like you're just buzzing along at this sense of normalcy um, that you can't actually perceive that anything going on inside you or around you is wrong. Mm. Or different. Or different. Not necessarily wrong. Wrong is probably not a great word. Just different. Well, and I think that's when we get into these dark nights of the soul, right? Where we feel like, how am I going to get out of this? I think when we are in that point of low, it does it. It literally pulls us all the way down into the ground to say, how am I going to survive? And that's where we get to make a choice and how we rise above it, how we move forward um, after some of those experiences. So I know for me, it was definitely that catalyst that I needed, the hurt, the pain, the fear, the worry, all of that really was the catalyst to, as you say, give the gift of consciousness and awareness of, wow, look at what we do have and look at what I as an individual have. So, hmm. Beautiful thing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I think as we look at the intention for this And a part of the series is to show that you can hit a rock bottom and you can make a choice together to reset. Mm -hmm. So I think that was something that was really important to me was we had to be on the same page moving forward. Right, because we had to essentially reestablish our container Mm -hmm. moving forward because the old one, just to give you a recap, had been shattered (laughs) (laughs) into a lot of million little pieces. Um, and we had that, that was like the pivotal moment, almost like the fork in the road of like, what are we going to do here? Mm. Are we going to rebuild this or are we just going to say goodbye for good? Mm-hmm. And we chose to rebuild it after some time apart, which is exactly what we needed to, I think, recenter and rebalance ourselves. Yeah. And I think it, it was that, that fork in the road looking at what do I want most? Mm -hmm. And I think that took some really honest reflection. And for me personally, to really get quiet, to say, what do I want? Because there's, you know, I think my, my background is that it's a lot easy, a lot easier to just go on my own, be by myself, pour myself into my career and what I, what I do and show up and be alone and I also had to really listen to those internal desires and say but I actually do want a partner I want a house I want a family I want I want to make a home and to really be grounded in that partnership was really important to me Mm -hmm. I think that we're both very similar in that regard of it's very easy for us 
to be alone and say that we're independent because we are so strong individuals apart from each other is that we can make shit work. And then, uh, at the end of the day, at least for me, I'll speak for myself with this one, is that it was way more comfortable for me to just be alone because mm-hmm. I can control it, right? Whereas I couldn't control <laughs> your responses and um, your actions and your thoughts. And that just, for me, in the moment, found out that I was getting way too stressed out about it. So at that, at that time point, it's like, oh, yeah, I could just be alone. That's what I need. And I thought that I wanted freedom, right? That's what I was searching for was freedom in that moment. Um, but what I realized throughout that whole entire process is that it wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily going to achieve freedom through solidarity. I was going to achieve freedom through love. Mm. And that's what you showed me. Mm. Or I realized at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love that idea freedom through love. And, you know, I think when we look at where, lots of people are just to kind of honor the journey of where others are it's sometimes easier to say well I can be alone I'm so strong I have Mm -hmm. such rigid ideals and beliefs that it's hard to open that up and surrender to what it's like to be with another person and I think you and I talked about this on our hike um over the weekend was it it was really that surrender of control when we try so intently to control every little element of every aspect of our life that's where we're innately doubting the divine we're doubting that bigger plan that has got it all figured out of course we have free will to be able to make that choice but when we can trust our intuitive guidance and lean into the present moment and surrendering into just trust things work out so much easier and I think that's really where I am so passionate about partnership and us re-establishing this container but also being able to help guide other people is when you can put your partnership as the priority and you can surrender into that intuitive pleasure and support of one another everything else can be so much easier should you choose to surrender to it. (laughs) That seems to be the common theme throughout this entire series has been this um, idea of choice, Mm. right? And I think one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that I do have the choice in every single moment to either make myself a better man, a better human, or to succumb to the level of victimhood, mm. right? And uh, and it's okay. I think that you can fall from grace a little bit. Like nobody's perfect. It's okay to fall into that that level of victimhood of you know blaming everybody else for your problems. And it's in that moment though. Do you have the conscious awareness, the ability to take yourself out of it mm. and ask yourself the question: How can I move on past this now that I'm here? It's the recognition of it, if recognition is a word. <laughs> We're going to roll with it. Yeah, um, yeah it's being able to recognize it in that moment and can you actually move past it? That's that's the difference. Or are you going to stay stuck in there? I think it comes down to um, asking the right questions. Mm. Right? It's the same thing that I, I tell my clients all the time. It's like, What are the stories that you're telling yourself in your head? Mm-hmm. What kind of questions are you asking yourself? And 
I took that time that we were apart together to ask myself some really deep, hard questions as well. Um, that was fucking uncomfortable, really, really uncomfortable uh, to the point where I realized that staying in the comfort of being alone is not what I needed. I needed to get comfortable being uncomfortable and sit in that pain, sit in that discomfort because that's where all the growth was going to happen. Yeah. What were some of those hard questions you had to reflect on? <laughs> oh God. Well, I got 40 pages worth of them. <laughs> so where do you want to begin? Um, well, I think that it, it's a really important thing to illuminate here is the questions that we ask ourselves give us guidance and whether it's we ask the questions of ourselves or we work with a coach or somebody to help ask those questions um it it does shine the light on where opportunities for growth are and sometimes when we don't have the conscious awareness to ask the questions in the first place that's when we get stuck in the rhythm and the mediocrity and the just this is what life is expected Mm -hmm. right like well poor poor me why is my life so terrible is or why is this keep happening to me or oh my gosh I can't believe this thing is happening to me again or oh of course right so when we listen to that that inner talk track I think it's it gives us opportunity to see where our growth can be well Typically, the common denominator in a lot of these um, unhealthy relationships is you, right? I'm not saying you as in you. It's the (laughs) individual, the self, Mm -hmm. right? You can blame all these women, if that's your thing, for uh, why they did you wrong or why that relationship didn't work out or how did they they hurt you. Uh, But at the end of the day, you are the common thread. Right. So what type of choices and decisions are you making? And you asked me the question of what questions that I asked myself. And I think one of the, the most impactful one is, is where am I not honoring and respecting myself? Mm. Because I could not ever respect you or respect our relationship if I didn't respect myself first and honor myself first in the beginning. And that's something that I had a misconception about. Right, that, that led to what our downfall in the beginning is. Is I thought I wasn't, um, I wasn't respecting who I was as an individual first, but it wasn't the superficial things. It wasn't the superficial things of playing guitar and hunting and all that, which I originally thought. It was the deeper aspect of it. Mm. So where am I not setting up the boundaries <laughs> and being able to hold to them? Uh, and one of the biggest realizations that I came to was I wasn't respecting my own time. And that's something that you had <laughs> subtly hinted at over the years. Subtly. Of, yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I'm that white knight, right? Well, I'm that helper. Uh-huh. I'm the guy that wants to fix everybody's problem. I mean, it's innately within me as the healer. But I will essentially uh, give everybody else my time, my love, and my energy and never leave any for myself. Mm. Right. And me not, and that's one of those things that I did was I looked at the different areas of my life uh, where I wasn't respecting my time and where I was just being a people pleaser and saying yes all the time. And that is very, very draining, right? Those long overrun sessions with clients, spending more time on calls than I should, um, doing more quote unquote busy work just to feel like I was busy, but I wasn't really being productive. Uh, that's all 
<sighs> time, I'm going to say time wasted. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Time wasted where I could have been spending that on myself, where giving myself love and myself attention and rejuvenating myself so that I had the energy for you in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think as we look at what some of the key things are that we needed to reestablish this container, reestablish the foundations of our container. I think one of the key things was to be able to make space for ourselves as individuals. Excuse you, Lily. Get it out. Hairball. Yes, our dog has hairballs. <laughs> you, you good, girl? You're okay. All right. Good. So <laughs> to reestablish the individual containers for ourselves and making space for us to grow and do that deeper healing work. And I know that that's something that I am very committed to for myself. And I think that was one of the things that was a positive upswing of our space was that I saw you two were committed to doing that deeper healing work on yourself and really prioritizing your time in a way that was going to establish those foundations for you to focus on yourself and our partnership. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you could not be my coach. You could not be my facilitator, which is one of the things that built, I think built the level of resentment is that I didn't want you trying to coach me down a path of self-development because you were my partner, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think that's a golden rule that everybody should take from this is do not try and coach your... <laughs> I didn't want to, but you didn't want to do it for yourself. Right, right. But I mean, that. I mean, that's along all lines because you're just too close to the situation. That's why it's so hard for me to coach you from a movement perspective too. It's like too, co- too close to the situation to handle. Um, so that's why I did seek out help of my own. Uh, shout out to Mr. Nick Perry. I don't know mm-hmm. if he listens to this, but maybe. Why not? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, maybe one day down the line he will. But <laughs> I needed to have somebody else in my corner other than you to help challenge me. <laughs> because while you were doing a fucking fantastic job at that, you were <laughs> challenging me and you were pushing me. And it's all stuff that I should have leaned into and embraced. I couldn't have it coming from you. Um, so it was something that I needed to seek out and actually get a lot of skin in the game with on my own investment side of things to be able to take it seriously, right? We talked about that challenge in the beginning of hitting a rock bottom. You need a large stimulus. You need to have skin in the game. And that usually does take some level of energetic or monetary investment. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think being able to work with a coach to help you see those blind spots and help you grow and help you, I mean because there's already the foundation of such conscious awareness, we need somebody to continue to help elevate that and to continue to evolve that growth. And I know for me, working with a coach is a huge priority always. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that we get to be able to do that for ourselves individually. But I think the other piece when we look at honoring ourselves individually is our individual routines. Mm. Making sure that your routine is going to be different than my routine and making space for that. And we both have very different routines and how we like to start our days as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that's something that I started while, we'll, while we were separated mm-hmm. temporarily is my routine of getting up and meditating and doing breath work and journaling and reading. And then my movement practice, mm-hmm. those are all things that if I feel like I can check off essentially as a box for the day, I feel 
like I've done something. Mm-hmm. I feel successful. I feel fulfilled for the day. And then everything else from a business and work standpoint is kind of just like icing on the cake. But it was also because it I took care of myself first. Mm. Right? That was that empowerment piece uh, there as well, which we've done a really great job at respecting each other's boundaries and routines in the morning instead of holding it against each, against each other when it didn't fit what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I think that has been extremely impactful for the health of our relationship. Yeah, and I think that goes to our our kind of ideal schedule of the week. Mm-hmm. If we look at other agreements that we've made as we try to look at the flow of the week and say pretty consistently as much as we can given work priorities and things of how we want our days to go, where the mornings is kind of mm-hmm. up to us, how we flow, how we work together is great. And we like to prioritize our movement practice together. On Friday mornings, we like to do our little workout and yoga. And Saturday mornings, we tend to do a movement practice together. Hiking, um, sprinting. Hiking, sprinting, all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we tend to look at our Sundays as a time to check in and say, okay, what do you have coming in for the week? And where do we need to adjust our weekly schedules? And knowing that Mondays, we typically do our state of the relationship conversation, which we'll go into in a minute, but um, some kind of check in. And then Tuesday, Thursdays, we know that we've got typically have some kind of late evening commitments and that's okay. That's where we can prioritize happy hours or late coaching calls or whatever that thing is so that we can we know that Tuesday Thursdays are kind of that free pass okay do what you need to do and then if it's on a Monday or Wednesday evening we try to check in and say hey if something comes up let me make sure I can clear it with you so that we're proactively communicating our schedules I think that knowing our ideal schedule has been really helpful because then it helps us effectively plan our week individually yeah it's tough when the weeks are ambiguous Mm -hmm. and then you feel i mean at least me personally i would feel caught caught off guard Mm -hmm. and that would instill this sense of anxiety (laughs) within me um, which doesn't play out well for either of us but i think you uh you hit the nail on the head with the the common theme there being communication Mm -hmm. right because we are very clear about uh, where we're going with the week, which then does allow us to prioritize ourselves, including our intimacy time, which, you know, the uninterrupted scheduled intimacy time is very, very important for the two of us being very sexual human beings as well. Um, And that that way we we don't forget about it during the week. Well, let's talk about that for a minute because I think that is such a key piece Mm -hmm. to partnership being successful. And I also think it's the missing element for a lot of people. Um, so from your perspective, why do you think scheduling uninterrupted intimacy is so important? Well, because if we don't schedule it, it'll go by the wayside because <laughs> we're human. And I think we get caught up in, especially as men, we get caught up in our mission and our purpose mm-hmm. and we will always prioritize that over everything else. And by the end of the night, we tend to feel drained and depleted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know for me personally, your energy is what rejuvenates me. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is manifested and alchemized through our intimacy together mm-hmm. as well. So, but once again, coming back to the conscious awareness of that piece, had I not taken the time to sit back and think about that, mm-hmm. I never would have come to that realization. 
uh, because it does like you do energize the fuck out of me. And that allows me to be more creative and more focused in my work, which now we have a compounding effect of I'm being more productive. I'm not getting stuck in distraction and just lazy, busy work. I am mm-hmm. attacking my goals. I'm checking them off. I'm being successful with them. And then I am not as depleted because I am not wasting my time and energy on meaningless things. And also I'm getting that battery charge from you at the same time. It's a win-win situation. Totally. Well, and that's, I think why we say so much that our, our physical intimacy, our sexual relationship isn't just about a physical goal. It's not just reaching an Mm -hmm. orgasm. There's so many benefits. And as you said, it recharges you, it inspires you, it makes you be more productive, it makes you show up with that presence and conviction that you need in your purpose. And I think it does the same thing for me, where it, for me, it drops me into my feminine flow, it, it absolutely inspires that creative spark, that life force energy flowing through me and allows me to be more intuitive. And I think it, it gives me the space to really breathe and flow and, and trust my intuition on what I need to do, what's the most important thing that's upcoming next. And so I think that when we can make sure that there is scheduled uninterrupted intimacy, that part becomes prioritized. The also the other part I love about it is it gives us the ability to set the container and look forward to. So for example, if we prioritize our scheduled uninterrupted intimacy time on Saturday mornings for a couple hours, we know that it's that safe space where we don't have phones ringing, we don't have any other commitments because that's what our priority is and it allows us to create a really safe container where we can also set those intentions and use that energy to manifest and magnetize all those dreams that we do have and those big goals and things that we're working on. So I think that that's a really powerful component is when we can set the intention, we know that we're going to be present in our physical intimacy, which sometimes isn't always possible if Mm -hmm. you're just trying to squeeze things in throughout your day and you're haphazardly throwing that in. So I think that there's a lot of benefits. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I love is that it also leads to more unscheduled (laughs) snacks snacks what we like to call our midday sex snacks you're great Uh, (laughs) and sometimes risky at the same time especially people (laughs) that like to just pop by with an unlocked door Um. (laughs) steven's or regina lawrence mom (laughs) Mom. (laughs) Um, but our midday sex snacks i think that that's something that has been a a clear goal from both of us in the reestablishment of our relationship container is we need to have more sex. Not just our scheduled uninterrupted intimacy, but making sure that we are prioritizing pleasure and that physical intimacy. And I think also listening to the innate urges and feelings as well, mm-hmm. like not just repressing them, putting it down in the middle of a work day, which is, which is great because we have the, we're, blessed to have the opportunity to work and live under the same roof which makes things a lot easier so don't go having sex in the coffee room please if you're still in an office (laughs) that might get you fired uh potentially who knows um but at the end of the day it's capitalizing on those feelings i think is really really important and i think we do a great job because 
we recognize that there are even time constraints, so we'll set a timer. We're like, well, we got 15, 20 minutes. Okay, what can we get accomplished in 15, 20 minutes? And sometimes it's like, oh, we can go a little bit longer, you know, if we feel into it and we don't have anything going on afterwards. Uh, but where do you think that people have resistance to scheduling in intimacy time? Where does that come up? I think a lot of the things that I hear with my clients is that it becomes something that they have to do for something that they get to do. So one of the things that I like to help people think through is shifting the perspective instead of saying, oh, I have to have sex at this time. Instead, choosing the perspective of it's something that you get to do. You you get to have that opportunity to be physically intimate. And then you get to play with the anticipation, which is the fun part where you get to send sexy text messages or send a naughty photo or start to build up that anticipation of, hey, in two more days, we get sex. In two more days, we get to have the kinky playtime that you're so craving. So I think it it does give that, that it takes that mental shift to be able to change the perspective. I, I totally agree with that. I think from a guy's perspective, Guys, you're listening. This is a conscious choice of how you look at it. You can decide. Like I'm looking at the microphone, and so I'm like, if I'm speaking to all the men out there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you have the choice to make of it what you want, right? You get what in with it. What you, you get out of it, what you put into it. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you have the choice to send the text messages. You have the choice to send some maybe risque photos. You have the choice to be hinting at being naughty and being touchy throughout the day. Like there are all different um, ways that you can go about it versus just viewing it from the perspective of something that you have to do, like a requirement. Mm. Um, and it doesn't need to be like a wholesale, I think, 360 degree change at once. It could be these little one degree shifts in perspective that eventually lead then to a wholesale change. And then before you know it, well, here I go with the pattern recognition brain again. Before you know it, then that becomes just the way you are, mm. right? And it's in a way more loving state. Well, and I think you bring up a really good topic to discuss is that idea of polarity. Mm. I think that the physical intimacy gives an opportunity to anchor in polarity throughout our day. And a lot of the women listening, a lot of the people that we connect with and collaborate with are fucking badass entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. business owners and high-level business men and women. And so I think when we have these women that are creating companies and really anchoring in a lot of that masculine energy, I think when we can prioritize the physical intimacy it gives those women more permission to drop into the feminine. And I know for me, it's a really powerful way to remind myself throughout the day. If there is that playful attention from you where maybe it's uh, you walk into my office and give me a kiss at a random time throughout the day or you're taking the time to sit next to me and cuddle up next to me at lunch. It's, it just instantly reminds me to drop into the feminine where when we are so, for us women, when we're in our masculine energy, it can be really hard to shift out of that. And so, as you said, pattern recognition, it becomes just this more natural state of your being where when we can prioritize the physical uninterrupted intimacy, it gives us 
permission and opportunity to be more in our feminine where it doesn't mean that we're not going to tune into our masculine and we're not going to be productive but it gives us a way to do that that is more in alignment with our natural feminine essence and I, I think then too it comes back to the conscious awareness piece of you have to be tuned into the partner to be able to feel into what essence that they're holding in that moment Mm. right so you bring up the high level executive business owner ceo female who may be demonstrating more of a masculine essence well how do you bring them out of that we alluded to it very eloquently there of you show that you're more assertive you take the time to reach out and show them safety and security and that allows Mm -hmm. them to surrender deeply into that Um, and i'm speaking in a very heteronormative way here but for a man you need to be able to show that assertiveness and that confidence and hold down and anchor in that really deep masculine energy, which looks like taking action and being assertive and making the choices again, here I am talking to the microphone, uh, <laughs> making the choices that show your partner that you are there for them and that you're interested. And that's a really, really quick way to help quickly polarize um, the situation so that you can deepen that level of, of energy. It's almost like an energetic arc, mm-hmm. I think, back and forth of electricity um, moving between each other. And I know that when I'm sitting deeply in my masculine, which is what I, I lost right before we had our, mm-hmm. sl- our split and our separation temporarily, regaining that is very empowering. Mm-hmm. And then look at what it did for you, right? Uh, it, and it could work both ways. Like men can be more than feminine. Right. If, if the woman is taking over control and dominance, it's okay for you dudes to surrender as well and feel into that. I mean, I still remember the first time you tried to tie me up and there was this like visceral gut reaction to it. of like, Ooh, I don't like this. Uh-uh, no, no, I got to push you away type of thing. Um, but it was, it's one of those situations when you learn to surrender into that, even as a man, it can be extremely pleasurable and enjoyable at the same time. Yeah. And I think the foundation of that is communication. Mm-hmm. I think whether it's, through our daily interactions of uninterrupted intimacy or or playful midday sex snacks to just general lovemaking and energetic expression, we need to be communicating what we need. Mm -hmm. And I think it is a combination of that conscious awareness for your, to be able to recognize where your partner is at. Um, But it's also giving yourself permission to communicate what you need. Because I know there's been a lot of times where I've been really stuck in my brain, really in that masculine energy, and I'll say, I'm so in my head, I need you to help get me back into my body. Mm -hmm. Like, I just need you to hold me. I just need you to anchor in that energy, and that gives space to drop in and surrender. Where, you know, permission to those that naturally feel more aligned with the masculine energy it's okay for you to surrender and I think that is one of the pieces that um, can be incredibly pleasurable and really transformative is just giving yourself the space to surrender and there may be times that you need to communicate to your partner to say I'm I'm going through some things I need you to just hold space for me and I think that's where proactive communication is such a foundation for partnership and for a relationship container because that's where we move forward to be the best versions of ourselves every day and i think that the person receiving that communication needs to be secure enough to realize that they're not asking you for their wants needs and desires 
um, it's not against you, right? It's not about you. So there, you can't, uh, I guess, judge them for it in a way. Because I know personally, like, I would sometimes feel a little insecure when you were telling me what to do, essentially. But it's not like you were telling me, you were asking, but my brain perceived it as a mm-hmm. control tell factor, which coming from somebody who likes to be in control all the time, it's <laughs> it can cause a lot of fear and anxiety, that's for sure. Well, um, I love that, and I think that it's worth going into because I was actually just coaching somebody about this over the weekend. Mm. And so I think, you know, when you can establish the container founded on safety mm-hmm. and, and trust, then you can clearly communicate those desires and those needs. And so I think tuning into your own physical body's pleasure and needs and desires is really important where you know, there may be times where you're feeling distracted or confused or you're not fully present and being able to communicate that openly to your partner and have your partner receive that and hold space and say, that's okay, right? Making that space. But on the other side, it's being aware of your physical needs and desires. So you like that more kinky, high intensity energy. And for me, being able to either recognize that and surrender into it or to communicate and say, hey, I'm not quite ready for that. Or for you to say, I'm really feeling this intense energy. This is what's happening. Then we can match each other's energy. And and just like for our physical desires, for I'm speaking to women bodied here, uh, vulva owners to really start to honor the way that your body wants to be touched, wants to be loved, wants to be fucked. And I think knowing that our partners want to love us well, they want to fuck us well, the way that we communicate our desires and we say, can I show you how I like to be touched? Can I help lead you so that you know what my body is feeling? You're not inside my body. You don't have my vulva. You don't know what my vagina walls feel like. You got to be able to eloquently lead that to your partners. And as you said, be secure enough to say, absolutely. And I think when our masculine partners can look at it as we're giving you a roadmap to our pleasure and giving you that absolute clear direction into the treasure chest i i think that's <laughs> <laughs> the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow yeah exactly i think that um it it can help be that perspective shift and, and to be able to say let me lead you into my pleasure is a great way for us to say here let me lead you and then you take over and can control and i think that's something that a lot of women don't confidently do well is communicate how to be touched and how to be loved and on the other side sometimes we're way too fucking direct where it does come off as controlling and we're not giving ourselves the space to surrender into the masculine energy i yeah that was a lot uh there but i think that that's a beautiful and what what i'm hearing you say is that once again the communication needs to be equally shared from both mm-hmm. parties, and that's why we have our state of relationship communication every Monday night is to feel into what things are going well in the relationship, what things we feel like we could work on, what do we want to see more of, what do we want to see less of. But the foundation of all of that, whether we're talking about sex or finances or 
literally anything else, it is the foundation of trust, mm. free of any type of judgment, mm. which I think is the key component to all of this. Same thing within the, as in the bedroom, right? You can't judge somebody for uh, expressing their, their wants and desires. Once again, it's nothing to do with you. They have their own right to express that. And um, I think that we need to be open enough to be able to receive it and share our own wants, needs, and desires as well and have that reciprocated yes foundation of trust in all things and i think the state of the relationship conversations that we really started back when we kind of first started dating Mm -hmm. even um but looking at how we've reestablished them now the the foundation of trust is always there non-judgment it is a safe container for us to fully express whatever is coming up for us and it gives us the container to pour our energy into that so we don't harbor resentment we don't hold on to things without communicating them and it gives us that safe space to have the conversation when we're going to be able to receive that information I think you know there's a lot of different ways to talk about the state of the relationship conversations where I've heard a lot of people say oh every night before bed they have these conversations but also honoring when are you going to most receive this information where if it's nine o'clock at night and you're getting ready for bed you're not in a place for me to tell you what I what I want more of or what I would like to see more of so I think that when we can prioritize the container it gives us the space to actually have a conversation and go into the depth that we need to and having a kind of predetermined agenda of what we talk about every time gives us the check-in, the space. I think it also takes a lot of the anxiety away from it. Like we know what types of questions we're coming into this conversation with every time. So giving your brain the ability to prepare that mm-hmm. mentally um, will help calm down the defensiveness signals that could potentially mm-hmm. be uh, aroused, raised, raised up. <laughs> during the conversation aroused aroused just, it's a sex podcast so yeah. sure yeah it could be uh, it could be raised up during the conversation as well because I know like for a lot of men in particular we get uncomfortable talking about feelings we get uncomfortable talking about things that we may potentially be bad at especially if it pertains to our manhood and when I say manhood I'm saying our tools between the legs um, <laughs> it's not junk you can't say junk it really is a treasure um, <laughs> anyway, so that it will help you, uh, I guess, align with your thoughts and be prepared for the conversation, be able to hold that space that you were talking about. Mm, yeah. And I think that, you know, it, it, it's just that safe space. It's a safe space to surrender where sometimes, you know, it, it is that time where the masculine can freely express emotions and as you said sometimes it takes that preparation one of the things that I know I coach my people on all the time is reflect on your purpose of why you're having this conversation why this thing is important to you your intentions and how you want to go about it and what is your desired impact and what are those results and I think when we can create that space to reflect on things, it is going to limit the defensiveness because now we've actually thought through the whole 360 degree viewpoint and perspective. 
and we've anchored into the intuitive feelings of what that is and what that looks like. Yeah, there's so much strength and power and vulnerability. Mm. And I also think the other thing that we've done really well is we look at reestablishing on the same lines of our communication is we've been proactive to where if there's something that we're feeling and it's not a Monday night, we can still create the safe space. We automatically have that foundation of trust to communicate where we don't have to hold on to it, hold on to it, hold on to it and shove it down. It gives us the space to process it if we need to have a conversation about something sooner than what our established time frame is for that. You mean so it doesn't fester and build up resentment and then eventually implode? Yes, exactly. It's also a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. So if we recap this a little bit, what are some of the key takeaways that you would want people to walk away with from this? From this whole entire series or just from this episode? Um, That's a great question. Yeah. How much time do you want to spend? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm getting hungry, so (laughs) maybe not too much longer. Um, Oh, boy. I, I think that two of the big ones, I think, for me are really trusting your intuition mm. enough to develop. And when I say develop, I mean, it is like anything else. It's like any muscle you train, this intuition muscle, which leads to a higher state of conscious awareness, mm. because that is the first step for transformation. <laughs> you cannot make any type of long lasting change unless you're consciously aware of what it is that you're trying to change. Yes. I couldn't agree with that. Right. Anymore. So otherwise you're mm. kind of shooting in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the second piece for me is exuding the strength through vulnerability, like mm-hmm. having the, the comfort level to be open. And mm-hmm. with that openness is being receptive as well to other people's feelings and wants and needs and desires and not just your own. Because it's okay to be selfish sometimes, but at the end of the day, when you're in a partnership, there has to be an equal energy exchange. There has to be uh, give and take. And then I think uh, a third one, I'm totally spitballing right now, but I think the a third one for me is going down that vein of selfishness. It is truly um, owning who you are, mm. that unapologetic authenticity that allows you to show up in this world the way that you're meant to. And when you exude that level of confidence and that authenticity and you have your voice, that's so powerful, mm. so, so powerful. And your partner, if they're the right one for you, will respect the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. Those are my three big giveaways. I giveaways. Love, I love that. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. And I think, you know, just again, to honor that exactly where you are is where you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the journey that you are on is highlighting and illuminating all those lessons for you for a reason. And I have so much gratitude for our journey and where we are and where we've been. I think, you know, I think as we look back at the dark night of the soul that we went through, um, (laughs) it was so necessary and it did illuminate such beautiful lessons. And if you're listening to this and you're saying, gosh, I want to get to this point, I want to get to a point of deepening my partnership and my relationship that's why we're here. We're here to support. We're here to share. And whether it's reaching out and connecting with Matt or myself, we're both here for you. And that's part of the big work that we're doing together is to share 
what healthy, loving, conscious, aware partnerships can look like. So I knew that's a beautiful way to close this up and put that bow on it. There's our pretty little bow. I'm giving this gift out to the world now. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for your time and your energy to share with our community. So mm. We'll have lots more to come with you, don't uh, worry. Sure we will. All right. Well, so much gratitude to our guides for holding this container. And thank you for listening. And we can't wait to talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. If you loved this episode, I deeply appreciate you subscribing and leaving a five-star review. Come join me online at soulsaturations.com. Or follow me on Instagram at Soul Saturations. Feel free to slide into my DMs anytime and let me know what you love, what resonates, or any questions that you might have. And remember, only you can activate the light within.